The Mary Trump Show with the Nerd Avengers is hitting the road. Yes, we're going to be live on May 7th at the House of Blues in Chicago, Illinois. May 9th at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco, California. May 10th at the Aladdin Theater in Portland, Oregon. And on May 16th in my hometown, the Gramercy Theater in New York City. I really, really hope to see you at one of those shows. It is going to be amazing. To get your tickets, just go to politicon.com slash tour. Good afternoon and welcome to today's episode of the Mary Trump Show with the Nerd Avengers. Uh, hi, guys. Hey. Hi well, <laughs> I know it's become a truism that doesn't need to be stated, but it, the news cycle is going to break us, <laughs> I think. Um, I was so happy, Norm, that we got to take a step back and and focus on an issue that really is touches everybody in this country, uh, whether they know it or not. Um, but uh you know although i do i want to do that maybe you know maybe we'll carve out like one episode a month to, to, to right um because there's yeah. so much that so many things happening that aren't just news of the day you know like gun violence and um efforts at at book banning and defunding public libraries and whitewashing american history like these are things you know the rise of fascism like these are things that that yes news happens around them but there's they're uh they're kind of woven into the fabric of what's happening and they go much deeper and i think to look at them historically and in terms of what's happening currently is really valuable so um you know any any time a nerd avenger has has something that they they think we need to do a deep dive on let me know and and we'll set it up um you know maybe the first tuesday of every month we'll we'll do that circumstances allowing <laughs> you know yeah. failing any indictments yeah or prison sentences perhaps i don't know um speaking of potential legal trouble i did want to start with uh, the dominion case um i think it's it's important and relevant for a lot of reasons. Um, and, but I want to start uh, for everybody watching a uh, dominion voting machine. I don't know what the name of the company is, but I think it's just dominion. They manufacture the voting machines that were maligned <laughs> the 20, was it 2020 election? Yes. It started back then. Right. And they are suing Fox, which was the perpetrator of most of the alleged of faming uh, for $1.6 billion in damages. And, you know, luckily we've got a couple of legal experts here who can help us walk through just how hard it is to prove defamation, why this case has gotten as far as it's gotten. And I think I want to start, well, you know, Norm, start wherever you think is most relevant, but I find I found it really interesting the developments over the last couple of days. The trial was del delayed. It was supposed to start yesterday. It's starting today, and there was speculation that it was because there there might the two parties might be in settlement talks. Um, 
that appears not to uh, whether or not it was the case. No, no it settlement seems to have been reached. And one, why is that a good thing? And two, um, what is Dominion's position of strength going into this trial? Because they've already proved one thing, haven't they? According to the judge. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I'm sure among many did not want a settlement. Um, no matter how much money Fox uh, was willing to pony up. And it's been a puzzle all along that Fox didn't move early on for a settlement. Uh, but uh, we want to have aired uh, repeatedly the lies, the deception, the fact that they knew full well that uh, this was a crock of shit and yet went forward and then add to that the latest uh, twist before the delay, which is that uh, Fox's lawyers lied to the judge about the role that Rupert Murdoch played with Fox News, basically saying he did not have a direct role when, in fact, he was the chairman, is the chairman. So you want all of this to go forward. Uh, just you know, in reflecting on what you said about how hard it is, you have to show intent. Um, a reckless disregard for the facts um, is uh, uh, not a hurdle high enough uh, in most of these big libel cases. And uh, what we've seen so far, just everything that we've seen from the discovery, shows intent. Um, and the other part of this trial, of course, is that we may very well have as witnesses Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, Lou Dobbs, and uh, Judge Janine, and all of the others who will have to testify under oath. And then just two more quick points before uh, we get into it more broadly. The $1.6 billion does not include punitive damages. Right. And the punitive damages can be a multiplier of what the regular damages are. And it would be wonderful to sock Murdoch with uh, billions and billions and Fox with billions and billions and billions uh, here. Um, but it's just as important in this case to show that this is not a news channel. We've known it all along. This has nothing to do with news. This is not about fair and balanced. Right. This is a propaganda network that is more than willing, and this is Fox, this is Murdoch all over the world, to cause deep damage to every fundamental value of a society for a few extra bucks and to fit a ruthless ideology. And the more we can put a showcase on that, the better. Right. Do you, I, Norm, I, I just want to be clear about first of all parties can settle at any point even yeah. if the trial's gone okay so so it's funny on twitter like everybody's so nervous that dominion's gonna settle uh that um and i think it's because even though the um defamation part has essentially been signed off on by the judge uh you would is it true that you would need a unanimous Jury, or is this just, um, is it a different standard here? 
Um, and since the defamation has already been proven, it, it would seem that Dominion would have less of a reason to settle. Yeah, I, well, we can. Uh, I'm not sure what Delaware law is when it comes to uh, damages, um, whether you need a unanimous jury for um, uh, the, the amount of the damages. Um, but it's been a puzzle all along as to why Fox didn't try and get rid of this early on without the discovery that has been so uh, deeply uh, damaging. Hubris, uh, perhaps? And yeah, and, but I also think, you know, Dominion wants the money, obviously, yeah, but they're not in this for the money. Um, they're in this. Uh, yeah, because the, they, uh, you know, this is a, it's a tricky business if you're a voting machine company. And we've seen this in the past and we've had our issues with voting machines uh, uh, because there are very few companies that make them. Right. And we've had companies in the past that had very close political ties to uh, the Republicans, for example, mm -hmm. where we had to worry. And we know that there are ways to, you know, make voting machines uh, less than secure. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're if you're a voting machine company, you have to be a little concerned to begin with. For Dominion, a settlement is not enough. A settlement and an apology is not enough. You want to make it crystal clear that you did everything the right way in the election and that you were slimed in a fashion that is going to have a carryover effect for a long period of time. So they got ample reasons not to settle. And, you know, Fox, I think at this point, with everything else that's out there, um, you know, if they wanted to settle, it would be a settlement for far less than Dominion is likely to get. So why would they possibly want to settle? Yeah. And I wonder, too, if if it, and I want to we'll get to this a little bit later, but just to put it out there, uh, if part of it is just Fox's unwillingness to put uh, the apology yeah. uh, as front and center, as I have no doubt Dominion is demanding they do. Um, but. We'll get to that in a second. But Brian, one of the things about this that has sort of been a theme all along is will it matter in the sense of changing people's minds? You know, in other words, with Donald's indictment and other things, Fox News is not here. Why don't why do, somebody get a cattle prod every time I say the word news, news. after Fox? News. Fox. Well, no, because then I, I remind myself of somebody who does this. Oh, and, yeah. You know, I don't want to go there. Is it genetic? I don't know. But, <laughs> um, you know, people who watch Fox don't know what's going on. They're not no. going to hear about this unless and until uh, the news anchors prominently have to admit to something, although they'll figure out some way subliminally you know, to uh, convince the viewers that it's not really the case, but um, you know, they're it, making me do this folks. <laughs> That's right. Is. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's not true or whatever they're right. going to do. They're going to learn how to wink, wink better than I can. Um, but Brian, does it matter? Like, do we care at this point if Fox yeah. viewers, uh, if it sinks in with them or not, or is this more about, um, getting getting the mainstream media uh to stop pretending that fox including the white house uh you know who lets fox into the the white house press room um to stop treating them as 
legitimate equals and to get Democrats to stop legitimizing Fox by going on as guests, even if they think they're scoring points. Uh, that seems to me uh, just as important and, and maybe yeah. even more likely. Well, you're not likely to get Fox kicked out of the White House. Uh, they, they have a gadfly from uh, uh, who says he's the most famous reporter in Africa that no one's ever heard of that has White House press passes. So that's not going to happen. But to mm. your point and to Norm's point, there are two big things that can come out of this particular lawsuit. First, well, actually three. First of all, you have to prove malice of forethought. Uh, you know, it's the absence of malice. There was even a movie in 83. It was. Valley Field, great movie, and, and uh, Paul Newman. Uh, but it's the malicious attempt, knowing that something is factually inaccurate, and they've already kind of laid the foundation for that. So the two big things is, A, it's going to, it, there will be Fox viewers who will finally come to terms with the fact that they've been lied to. Now, there are plenty of cult members that won't. But there are those who will be aware of, and it will at least get them questioning Fox News in the future. And uh, that's that's a key and, and probably one of the most important things that will come out of this is laying out just exactly what Fox, the people at Fox, think of their own uh, people who watch them. Uh, that's, that is where you're going to really, you know, if you find out that the people that you've been watching and you trust think you're a poor country cousin or that you're ignorant, or all the things that have already been said by Fox management about their audience. That audience will finally go, well, you know, I've had enough of this. At least I want to go someplace. Maybe I'll go to News Nation, or maybe I'll go to OAN. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It could be all of that. But secondly, the deepest thing, the deepest cut, we can criticize Rupert Murdoch, and I do often, but Rupert Murdoch is a ruthless, and I mean ruthless capitalist. And unfortunately, my business, journalism, is still wed at, at the hip with capitalism. And until we get rid of that, until we break down and bust up media monopolies, I've, you know, I've said this you know, often, until that happens, um, and I think this is a good case for showing why it should happen, because the ruthless you know, a, accomplishment of just gaining greedy wealth is not what journalism is about. And it, it, that it, in exposing that, Dominion will do a valuable service to this republic, to this democracy, and exposing Fox and all others like them who are merely existent for, the, for making money. The idea of vetted facts has to, at some point in time, be what is the coin of the realm. And it's not going to be as long as, you know, you, there, is no, there is no reprisal, there's no retribution, there's no justice for those who lie to us. And so the, the Dominion lawsuit is important for that. Overall, if when we come away from this, if we expose Fox for what they are and the audience sees Fox for how Fox sees them as, you know, rubes who are there to be built, that is probably the key thing that can come from it. And then, you know, I've been on the Hill all, all week this week talking to uh, legislators and last week talking to legislators about what's the path forward? I, I've been trying to get them to break up media monopolies. And at some point in time, if that happens, then that will be the ultimate payoff. Uh, here's hoping. Um, you know, I, I hope they have to end up selling Fox for parts. Um, I want Mary Trump as a head of a network. You know, Mary, one, one other sure. point here <laughs> related, related to Donald, who has been, uh, of course, uh, on True Social, screaming to Rupert Murdoch, tell him that the election was stolen. Um, when we get an outcome here, 
it's going to cause his head to explode yet one more time because it's going to be a judge and a jury basically saying Fox lied. The election was not stolen. So, oh, you know, Norm, I, how did I not? That is such a good point. And, you know, in the end, Jen, that might be the most important point. Obviously, getting rid of Fox is is extraordinarily important to the survival of democracy around the world because Murdoch has been trying to destroy democracy on Australia and Great Britain uh, for decades. Um, but this this is also about that. Um, so, Jen, how do you see this playing out? Um, you had mentioned in uh, the private chat. Well, first, Norm mentioned that there will can be punitive damages that the 1.6 billion is is literally just compensatory for the losses Dominion claims to have suffered because of the defamation of Fox, uh, and that uh, the damages uh, could be sorry, uh, punitive damages can be nine times compensatory damages. So 14. 0.4 billion plus 1.6 billion equals a lot of money. Uh, so, what do you think the likelihood is of that? Because again, I just you know I want to just remind people just how strong Dominion's case is. <clears throat> yeah, I guess I've got um, several things to pull out of that. Let me start with the first part, which is. The likelihood and and then the other part about the case being strong um look you know as everyone's mentioned already um it's pretty big that the judge decided as a matter of law that the statements were false yeah, yeah. that's a huge hurdle not just because it's one less thing um for um dominion to prove but imagine being a jury and the judge tells you at the outset, look, what they said was false. It's incredible. Because then you're not sitting and haggling, well, you know, because in your own mind, if you're thinking, well, if it was true, then maybe they didn't mean it. Like if the judge comes out at the beginning and says this stuff was false and your job is just to prove actual malice, which is as, you know, the, both of you were saying the same thing. Actual malice means um, knowing it was false or with reckless disregard as to whether it was false. I mean, that reckless disregard way of proving actual malice, I mean, to me, you know, I, I haven't seen the evidence, but it it's not going to be that much of um, much of a leap. Jen, can um, I just, just interrupt really, really quickly to ask you a clarifying question? question? Yeah. Um, and, I'm and I'm hearing, hearing dub myself, myself double. double. I don't know if anybody, anybody else is. is. Yeah. yeah. Is it okay. my fault? It might, it might be, be if you've got the YouTube link on in the background. Oh, yes, it is. It's Jen's fault. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Do we Do kick we her off the, off the island? island? It's still Jen's fault. Anyway, um, the question I, wa I wanted to ask is, despite the fact that the judge has made the case already uh, as to the facts, um, Dominion can still make its case. Is that is correct? That uh, yeah, so... Norm, I actually love that because it will hammer home everything that we've we've heard 
in, you know, small pieces over the course of the last few months with release of emails and texts and stuff like that. Uh, do you think Dominion would take advantage of that opportunity to lay out the evidence? You're muted. Norm, you're muted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was doing that protectively after Jeff. Yes, it's uh, it's tech day at the Mary Trump show. <laughs> uh, um, I, I think Dominion at this point wants to have uh, a huge national spotlight placed on what Fox did. And if you can bring Tucker Carlson on and go through what discovery has shown, say to Tucker Carlson, here's what you said about Donald Trump. Um, and uh, now as he is trying to get back in Donald's good graces, make him admit to it. But if you can also get all of these Fox people including the producers who've been uh, abused and fired. Whoops, maybe that's not my fault. Oh. Um, if you can get all of that happening in a national spotlight, even if Fox doesn't cover it, but you're gonna have it everywhere else, you're gonna have a lot of gavel to gavel trial coverage and it's gonna seep out around the country, then it serves Dominion well, but it also serves the country well. Yep. So I want a full-blown trial, and I want to see all of these people, including Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch, and all of the hosts, and all of the producers, and all of the executives brought up to testify and nail them to the wall with what we know is concrete evidence from their own words. Yes. Boy, yes. I want to, what I want is I want the accountability front and center so that when we are in the White House, when we are covering stories, there is a at least some form of of let's think about this twice before we do it. It's got it. That will be a break on the on the complete disheveled <laughs> industry that I work in. If yeah. there is some accountability, some guardrails put back in, then by God, we'll at least be able to deal with that and say, listen, this is what happened to Fox when this was done. You need to think twice before you do it. You need to be responsible. And there's nothing that will bring responsibility to journalism like a slap in the face with billions and billions of Carl Sagan bucks. That's, <laughs> that's how you're going to do it. That's <laughs> uh, Brian, are there uh, cameras allowed in the courtroom? I don't know. I'm not up there. I, I God, I hope so. I don't think so. But it would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> it At least it would an be audio feed. Audio feed? I hope. I, I, I don't know yeah. what the Delaware rules are on that front either. That's worth uh, finding yeah. out because that could be, that would be so compelling um, because every yeah. other network with the exception of Fox will be airing. Yes, indeed. <laughs> all day. Jen, do you know, I'm, I'm afraid to have you unmute, but let's, let's keep our fingers crossed. Do you know if cameras are going to okay. be allowed in the courtroom? Um, in whose courtroom? Mine. <laughs> in, in the Dominion. Case. No, there's no cameras in the. I mean, I don't. Or think, audio, an audio feed or anything. I I no, don't know. I'm. I we have a friend who's in the courtroom right now. Right. Um, and I don't think she's allowed to even, uh, communicate. And what I'm, what I'm hearing, um, yeah, is that uh, I guess they're at lunch. And they've sworn in the jury. 
Um, but that, I don't think there's cameras. Sometimes there's a spillover room. Yeah. Um, I just don't know whether that's whether there's a feed in that spillover spillover room or not. I yeah, we're hearing no camera audio. Okay, well, there will be plenty of reporters yeah. in there to to um, get every word down. <laughs> so that's that's not nothing. So Jen, sorry you got interrupted by your technical difficulties. Welcome, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, yes, <laughs> it's been so long. Uh, so I don't know. Um, I think you you are on the first part of a two part answer having to do with. I don't know. You tell me. It's been there a are actually two more parts. I was going to sneak in to the go, answer. Go for it. Um, so, I mean, I'd already addressed the whether I thought there was a likelihood here. There's some, and I talked a little bit about the um, standard. Um, you know, reiterating yep. what the standard was. Um, I think a couple more things besides thinking about disciplining and embarrassing Fox. I also think that if they lose, Fox does become an example for other news organizations who might feel the pressure to race to the bottom mm -hmm. if they know this is waiting for them. I also want to say, you know, there's a little bit of irony in this whole discussion, something that we're not, that no one really wants to talk about, which is, uh, I'm not in love with electronic voting machines. Right. <laughs> you know, so yes, uh, there was not fraud that was import important enough to affect this election, but I want an audit trail. I want mm -hmm. there to be, you know, people to be able to, when they they're a print out of their ballot so they can confirm it's correct. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know that I and fully one of these hand-marked paper ballot people, although where I am, you hand-mark it and slide it in. They ha that has its own issues about auditing also. But whatever system we have, um, I actually think, you know, I used to think legit audits should be part of every election. And now I don't because I don't trust these people who are going to go in and, and, and right. mess with it. Right. I mean, I think the integrity of both the actual voting process um, as the mechanics of it, the integrity in terms of do we really want an electoral college? No, but the integrity of the existing voting process, um, as well as the way um, elected or not elected officials talk about the integrity of the process goes to the heart of our democracy. So it's really weird to find oneself on the side of a place like Dominion when some of these companies, you know, you just sort of wonder about the ownership of these, not them, mm -hmm. but generally speaking. You know, who should, can a foreign company own the voting machine apparatus um, for U.S. elections? I shouldn't be able to, but there's a lot, I think, that we need to talk about that we can't talk about now because we're so focused on this particular case. Listen, I agree with you. I am not a fan of voting machines. Uh, that is separate and apart from whether or not Dominion was defamed and whether or not uh, Dominion's reputation deserved to be slammed. And of course, it, uh, well, we have clearly it did not. We, we already have seen enough evidence outside of the courtroom, so, which is why the judge uh, came to the conclusion he came to. But, you know, and again, I think the, the, the voting machine issue, which Norm also pointed to earlier, is some, a, a conversation for another time, and it's an important one. Um, I think uniformity in how we vote would also be useful. Uh, I've voted in New York almost my entire life, and it's always some form of paper ballot, always. Um, so, you know, that seems to have worked. But the other thing that strikes me, 
not not about the substance of this trial norm but about the the broader commentary on our justice system is unless you're a multi-billion dollar company you can't really uh, afford to bring this kind of case even if the person you would uh, be suing did indeed defame you. I mean, we see this time and time again. Justice in this country is so expensive as to be out of reach of the vast majority of Americans, especially if their antagonist has limited funds to countersue, to drag it out, things I personally would know absolutely nothing about, but uh, which seem to be operative at every level of our justice system. And we know, Mary, that one of the ways that Donald Trump got away with his criminality and chicanery over many decades was to employ armies of lawyers. So when he stiffed contractors or stiffed uh, daily workers um, or anybody else, or his other lawyers, could not afford, yeah, or uh, could not afford to um, uh, contest it. And he could drag it out in the courts and use all kinds of, uh, of legal chicanery. Of course, he's trying to do that now with uh, Michael Cohen, uh, bringing this ridiculous lawsuit to try and intimidate him. Uh, but that is a larger set of issues. And Dominion is, a, is not uh, anywhere near the size of Fox. They have great lawyers. I believe those lawyers are working for less than their normal market rates uh, because otherwise that alone could bankrupt uh, Dominion. Fox has their own internal lawyers and obviously <laughs> their lawyers um, have leave something to be desired when they lie to a judge about the role of Rupert Murdoch. But uh, it, it's impossible to bring these kinds of cases. And of course, what's also interesting about this, just as a, a little sideline, is the right wing has been trying for some time to ease the rules involving uh, the, the uh, New York Times versus Sullivan case that mm -hmm. sets such a high bar for attacking news organizations or others for uh, defaming them or for libel cases. Now uh, they're thinking that through again when it comes to Fox. Right. Uh, well, What's hasn't right? DeSantis already uh, pushed something similar through in Florida to make it easier to do? What DeSantis yeah. yeah, yes. right. But but what they are what they're trying to do, Norm, is is adaptively uh, put in the legislation they want so it would apply to MSNBC, NBC, yeah. CBS. But, but not Fox. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what, so it's not it's not that they're rethinking the idea entirely. It's like, how do we protect ours and screw everybody else? That's well, the way. Well, now that you've mentioned DeSantis, I have to go off on a tangent, another Please. little rant. Real baby. This fucker has just gotten <laughs> the Florida legislature to change the standard for the death penalty in state cases. To uh, from a unanimous jury to an eight to four jury. There are 30 people in Florida, innocent people who were condemned to death, at least 30. God knows how many others were killed who were innocent. And that these people call themselves pro-life and continue to call themselves pro-life. 
we have to do a whole show uh, on uh, that phenomenon. Uh, sorry, yeah. but I just couldn't Your let whole that. Whole life happen. coming in, but after you get here, they don't give a shit about you. Norm, That's it's yeah, it, the 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 it's an onslaught. Yeah, it's an absolute onslaught, and they believe nothing. These people have no core. I think they believe that. I think they hate children, but other than that, I don't think they believe any of the bullshit they're selling. And uh, just also to to let people know who may not uh, have heard, uh, Norm referenced Donald's completely laughable lawsuit against what's his name, Michael, Michael Cohen. Cohen. I mean, I don't even care what it's about. It's completely frivolous, but he's suing it for five hundred million dollars. Like, <laughs> his number used to be a hundred million, but I think he's gone up. I'm well aware. I'm yeah. well aware. His James went up to three hundred million. He's got to go up to five hundred. Well, the thing that's I'm, I'm feeling kind of I'm feeling hurt. Yeah, <laughs> touch you for that much. <laughs> Damn it! The problem with the Cohen case is Cohen said uh, it's not about. He's not going to be intimidated, right? Because he's already he's already tested. He's such a tough guy. Yeah, I'm tough. You know, hey, hey, it's Michael. I'm tough. Mm. But it's it's the it's the fact that it will be looked upon by others as an intimidating factor to keep them from testifying. And I I say good luck to that. Donald Trump is a foul mouth, empty headed bully, and the only way to stand up to him is to just stand up to him and flip him off and flick him in the nose and go screw you. I'm, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. He's had to uh, crowdsource, you know, his uh, defense. But I, I mean, I don't know if that's any different than Donald Trump trying to sell me a picture on a mug uh, of a mug shot that didn't take place and, and selling it for 47 bucks, marking it up by 45. I don't know, Brian. He held up so well in court last a couple of weeks ago. He just seemed so strong and girl. Um <laughs> <laughs> Especially the part where he said that people in Manhattan were, were crying for him. And I said, no, pal, those were tears of joy. You mistook it. That's <laughs> if you laugh hard enough, you yeah. will start crying. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> uh, anyway, I do. You know, Norm, I'm glad you brought up uh, Florida because I think, you know, Florida and Texas are, are trying to out fascist each other. But I think DeSantis is better suited to it than Abbott is. Um, and I'm, didn't he also just make, or I don't know if it's gone through yet, but he's proposing making a sexual assault of children uh, punishable by death. Unless that... you marry them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, if you All marry right. them, if you marry the twelve-year-old, yeah, you're not committing right. any crime. But you know, just to remind people, like I, people forget this sometimes. American history is rife with things that were done in the name of the United States government that were considered constitutional, like the Trail of Tears, for example. Yeah. Like enslaving people, like committing genocide. Those were all like perfectly legal things to do. So just because it's legal or just because our corrupt Supreme Court says it's constitutional doesn't oh, mean right. it's okay. Yeah. Um, but Danielle, welcome. I just, you know, I wasn't going to talk about this, but Florida remains to me an absolute... Uh, horror show uh it's it, like an exercise in what can happen 
when the majority of citizens in your state don't care about anything but their own very limited self-interests and who are completely comfortable giving the reins of power to this like this strange little autocrat i you know and what DeSantis is i just saw i don't know if it was a headline or a cover of something about how DeSantis has become the most powerful chief executive of florida in a generation it's like enough with the complimentary headlines can we please start talking about these people in real terms he's powerful okay but why <laughs> because he's doing an end run around the rule of law basically and he's perfectly comfortable uh trampling over people's and corporations constitutional rights i doesn't it seem like a more accurate way of uh portraying DeSantis than than like painting him some kind of political superhero can't we just call him a creepy little shit well that too <laughs> Danielle? Okay. I was like, wait, I'm on mute. Um, <laughs> it's okay. We're, we're having that kind of day. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I, I want to be able to, like, laugh at the things that are happening, like what Ron DeSantis is doing, but none of it is funny. Like, all right. of it is insane. The, I, you know... That the 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 death penalty now, if you are raped or you're you are uh, experienced incest, you have to prove that via paperwork uh, in order to be able to get an abortion in Florida. Like that's in the, you know that's a thing that they're doing, and and then it's you know oh, but if you're if you harm a child, like I just they are so sick and it's beyond yep. cruelty being the point like i it, yes it like is. I, totally. I just want people to recognize that everything that's happening in florida in texas in tennessee like just because you happen to make at this point live in a quote-unquote blue state does not mean that you are safe like at all and we are but a handful of votes you know in the 2024 presidential election from all of this being nationalized Yep. And I, I got to tell you that yesterday I must have had like multiple breakdowns, you know, watching all of the news come forward, um, you know, from Ralph Yarl, uh, the 16 year old young boy that shot in the head uh, because he rang the wrong doorbell to now mm -hmm. another story of a young white girl who was shot in a car in upstate New York by a homeowner, Kaylin Ellis, because she turned into the wrong driveway. Like this is this 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 culture of fear and racism and hatred and cruelty that is just run amok in this country. And you have people like Marjorie Taylor Greene that are lifting up the the who she believes to be a whistleblower, you know, who's like selling or or or, or showing off like classified documents. I, I just I, if 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 Dante's Inferno is 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 where we are, like I need some type of fire suit or something because Perfect. every day, this this country is. I mean, what what Republicans have wanted, what they've been foaming at the mouth for, is what we're living in right now. Seventy seven years after what is it? Seven or eight years after Donald Trump, you know, came down that escalator, like we have descended into hell.
at this at this point. It's yeah. It's well, I, I think yeah, you, you know, it is it's unrelenting and it's it's really uh it's very difficult to keep keep staring at in the face of the horror, uh, which all of us have to do, unfortunately. Um, and Jen, um, what, what I think it's really important for people to understand is that all of the things that Danielle is talking about that, that we've been covering here and that all of you cover in, in separate uh, venues, uh, is is difficult for us. It's it can be demoralizing. It's horrifying. Um, as I've said billions of times, it's a very difficult time um, to be a human being with empathy. It's scary. It's stressful. All that, and they get off on all of it. They get off on the fact that a man who was convicted of murder two weeks ago by a jury of his peers for in cold blood and in a premeditated way, killing a Black Lives Matter peaceful protester is going to be pardoned by the governor of Texas. Uh, they, you know, if, if this terrified, pathetic little white man who, you know, clearly can't, even be in the comfort of his own home without holding a fucking loaded gun. Uh, we're in a different state. He too might get off for murdering a 20 year old woman. I mean, what, what happened to at least Ralph Jarl's shooter has been convicted is being charged with something. We'll see where that goes. But again, just another frightened little man who who can't bear the thought of a black child knocking on his door. Um, so I think if we, you know, if we focus on, if we realize, I, rather, that the right is energized by all of this, uh, then I think that 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 prepares us for <laughs> the difficult road ahead. We need to understand that. And um, Jen, I'm just wondering <clears throat> um, if, like, how important is it, and and what potential mechanisms can there be for energizing Gen Z? Because you know, I I I've thought that you know being a, a black American is an almost impossible proposition in this country. Thanks. Uh, well, for many, many reasons and being a young person, especially if you're a young person of color is also an almost impossible proposition in this country. And we're not even, we haven't even talked about climate change. Uh, so how can we help Gen Z instead of just like tapping out because it's just so horrifying to contemplate all of this, uh, and, you know, it must be it's I mean, we're we've all been in situations in which we have to take responsibility for other people's mistakes. And yet they do because everybody else sucks. Uh, so any any thoughts on that? Yeah, you began by asking how to energize. Look, there the, the kids today who I see in my classroom, who I see in my house, who I see everywhere are filled with energy. Young people always are, and ideas. We need to not tell them, do this, do this, do this. I'm not saying you are. 
we need to come to them and say, how can we support you? Even though we are agonizing over all of this, we have much more stability in our lives than they do. Most of us have a paycheck. I mean, obviously on this call, I'm just saying, you know, paycheck, a place to live. We're not in our parents' homes. We have the ability to be a grounding force to tell them, you're not crazy. You may feel gaslighted, but tell me what you see and how can we support you? We need to support, and we, that's what we should be doing because you can't, people can't mobilize themselves always. Um, and so, you know, I'm not sure how we make those. The question is, instead of energizing them, how do we meet up with and build coalition with people who are emerging as leaders, activists, you know, thought leaders and so on across all communities um, all, all communities and, and, and all areas. Um, the other thing I want to say, though, Mary, I didn't want to leave the topic of the shooting. I am so upset about the fact that, you know, the, the AK-47 in the room that we ignore is the AK-47 in the room. And we have... Well, actually, but yeah. But whatever. We, there are too many guns. And today I was... Look, I was... I was like going, was so upset. I'm like, well, what what happens when they all turn on us? Like, is any you know? In other words, this is no flipping joke, and I don't know where we go from here. But this looks like a disaster. And I thought, well, do I need a gun? I had this dumb thought process, and that's why I tweeted out this thing, which someone, by the way, tagged you in, Mary, thinking that you should be aware for your show. No, um, but I, I I tweeted at the NRA, and I said the NRA talks a big game but they need to put up or shut up. All this talk of arming teachers, I am a teacher. Are they going to pay for my firearm and training? Pay for legal research to see whether and where I can carry such a firearm? Defend and indemnify me if I get sued? I mean, I'm not saying that anyone wants me to be armed, but like, what the fuck? Where's my gun, NRA? Right, hang on one second, Brian. I just wanna I want to make a quick point and then you go ahead. Um, I've been... For two weeks now, trying to write a piece or trying to finish a piece about gun violence in America. It's a topic I I don't I hate talking about. It's very difficult for me to talk about it. Um, I mean, not I, maybe especially as a parent. I don't I don't want to like I I assume for anybody, of course. But you know, when you're a parent and there's school shootings, you can't help but put yourself in people's shoes and it's very difficult and I I resent it and um, other things. So every time I'm ready to wrap it up and there's another horrific shooting and I get like, just do a little more research and I feel like, I, and, and then I finally realized that, you know, um, <laughs> it is a fool's errand to think that uh, there's ever going to be any respite from this. Um, and I just wanted a couple of quick statistics to make sure people understand the scope of what we're dealing with. There are 400 million guns in America owned by approximately 30% of adults in America. 29% of gun owner owners own more than five guns because of course everybody would need to. So, but just also to compare to other countries, Japan has one third the population, well, actually more than one third of the population, 125 million versus 330 million. In 2018, 
there were nine, nine gun deaths in Japan. Do you know how many there were in the uh, United States that has that less than three times the population of Japan in 2018? As opposed to nine, there Can were 20,000, 39,740. This isn't, this is insanity. Well, yeah. Insanity. And people say things like, we don't have to live like this. Yes, we do. Because people who have power, people who have no conscience, they want it like this. Brian, go ahead. Well, uh, First of all, I, the idea of arming teachers is so, just silly. And arming, and, and I, I hear this argument often about how Brian, we need, they just passed legislation in Mississippi I, to do I just know. that. I, and, and I've seen the argument that we need to arm everyone. Folks, I've been to places where everyone is armed. Those are called war zones. Yep. That's mm -hmm. not a safe place. That's a war zone. Also, you know, I, I get, I hear all the time how if we do these laws, it, they won't work. Well, how do you know? Because we've never done them. How about we, we try it this way once? We do know. We, we do know. This band worked. Of course, we know. I'm speaking to those who think yeah. that they won't work, who say they won't work. We don't know. Well, how do you, you know what? Try it. If it doesn't work, try something else. But what we're doing right now, flat out, doesn't work. And as far as owning, I, I'm really not so concerned about the guys who who who, uh, who pack away you know, the heat. You know, they, they stockpile weapons. That is a concern. Uh, but, you know, I do that with guitars. So I kind of understand that you, you want to do that. But the real problem is the fact that you have to have a background check. You have to ban uh, assault weapons. And you have to not only that, have a cooling off period. One of the worst stories that sticks in my mind that I covered years ago was in uh, San Antonio, Texas, where you have really no rules, no laws. A guy got pissed off at his wife walked across the street to the Walmart, bought a handgun, loaded it up, bought the weapons, came back, shot his wife, shot his kid, shot his dog, and then ended his own life because he was pissed off. And this isn't new. There's, you know, the one thing I say for you, Mary, that I found, this is U.S. Senator Joseph Tidings in 1969, wrote an essay. They're always saying if you ban, you know, guns, only criminals will have guns. He said, we've been dealing with this national tragedy since 1963, November 22nd, when a guy bought a, a, a an automatic weapon, you know, an automatic rifle through the mail and killed the president. And he said, if <clears throat> they say, you know, only confirmed criminals will have guns. He says, so what? If caught with an unregistered gun, the criminal or would-be criminal will go to jail. He was worried about those who had no uh, previous uh, criminal record using a weapon and, and going off on a crime spree. And we've seen that time and time, and time, and time again. And unless we adopt the measures that we know will work, by the way, we had an assault weapons ban. It did work. But to get it passed through Congress, we had a sunset clause on it. Sorry, I'm using the Donald Trump, you know, the, the, the fingers. But there was a sunset okay. clause on it. And after the sunset clause, only that's how we got it passed. Yep. So that's called the art of compromise politics. Then, uh, then after that expired, now they're back, and it's more deadly than ever. We are averaging 1.5 mass shootings a day in this country this year. I know I have friends and uh, that are victims in two mass shootings. In the Annapolis shooting at, at, at a newspaper during 
the Trump years, and the one in Louisville where a guy that I've known since high school died. And and it to me, if you don't, if you are so callous as to not understand that your life is in danger, then your name is Steve Scalise because that's exactly where the Republican Party is. This guy was a victim. He's what that House Majority Leader now was a victim of a mass shooting and still can't do anything about it. Murray, you're absolutely right, but it always has to do with the money that's been paid to them by the NRA. And by the way, what do they not want you to find out about the money given them given to them by the NRA? Well, that's already out there too, and that's underreported, and that's that there was a Russian troll and spy that was embedded in the NRA and helped funnel money from oligarchs in Russia to the NRA, and that's what they don't want you to find out. Right. And listen, we're, we're dealing with people who care more about their guns than they care about our children. So that, that's, that's, that, that's the, uh, that's, that's the fight we're in. Uh, Danielle, go ahead. So I just want to say one, um, what troubles me so much right now is the fact that we all feel incredibly hopeless at the ability no you don't brian but i'm talking about like a majority of people do they feel like they are voting they feel like they show up they feel like they are trying to do as much as they possibly can and i have said this and i'm going to say it again on your show mary we need a national fucking boycott Mm -hmm. like the only thing that is going to get gun reform that is going to get the assault uh, rifle ban back that is going to get sensible, you know, whatever we refer to as sensible. And I'm at this point and I'm just like, take the fucking guns, right? Like I oh. actually, I could give a fuck about the second amendment. Me um, too. If, you're a second, if, if you can, if Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott can pass legislation that allows people who have the right to assemble to be run over, right? Or, and to be able to deny people access to that constitutional right, I could give a fuck about your second amendment. They want to cry about taking the guns. I'm like, take them. But at at the end of the day, my feeling is that the only way that we are going to get things done in this country is if we grind capitalism to a halt, right? That if we shut down industries, if the organizations like the NAACP, Color of Change, Planned Parenthood, Every Town, you know, March for Lives, all of these organizations that have these siloed purposes that are important because at the end of the day, they're all about civil liberties. If they band together and they say, you know what, what we're going to do, we're shutting this shit down, right? Because the reality is you, it doesn't matter if you're living like wherever you're living because you're at risk. I go upstate, I made a wrong turn. You're telling me that somebody has the right to shoot me Right. Because I'm sitting in their driveway for two seconds. You're telling me that if my car broke down and because I'm black, you have the right to kill me because you feel fucking threatened. Robbers don't ring doorbells. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Right? Last I tried. So, it's, so it's it's like every, non- every nonsensical thing that keeps being put out to us. And we keep listening to these headlines. We keep listening to these stories, seeing these headlines, being outraged, being grief fatigued. And then we go back to work and we go back to the grind and we go back to doing the things. And I'm saying at some point in time, as a collective, we have to say we're done. We're fucking done. We're done dying. Well, something to your one of your points, Danielle, uh, is the, the Second Amendment is the only amendment I'm aware of that has not been modified in any way, shape or form. Uh, and it is 
it's not even in, in fact, it's been shortened because the right doesn't even deal with the militia part anymore. They're just they, they only focus on the right to keep and bear arms. Um, I will say I hate guns. I want there to be no guns. And I would be totally for abolishing the Second Amendment, but failing that because that's not going to happen. Put it this way. Republicans want everybody to have access to all kinds of guns at all times. What is the where is the negotiating strategy? If you disagree with that, you don't start in the middle. You start with I don't want anybody to have access to any guns ever. That's where you start. Otherwise, you end up where we are now, which is the idea, like what I just said, that would be considered political suicide. Whereas the, the position on the right is just taken as a given. It's insane. That is insane. Wanting no guns ever, that's the opposite of that. So, you know, I had no intention of talking about this today, actually. Um, and Norm, as we started off at the beginning, you know, I think we do we we do need to start picking issues and 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 spending a whole we could spend many episodes talking about this, right? Yeah, I, and this one I think we need to explore in an even deeper way. Because the fact is we're it's getting worse before it gets better. We have states now that are not just right-wing states. They have gone into much darker territory. The fact that after we had the last shooting in a school with large numbers of kids killed, that in the next day you had states move to take away even more restrictions, uh, to allow people, including young people, to get access to guns without any background check, without any training. Uh, it's getting worse before it gets better. If you looked at the NRA convention at all, they had two, three and four-year-old kids with uh, guns that were not toy guns. They're training a culture of people. And it's not just a culture of guns anymore. It's not just, I'm gonna have 10 guns. It is a culture of gun violence. Use those guns. We have to keep in mind that yeah. among all of those people killed that you talked about, Mary, a significant number were suicides. Many of them that yeah. probably yeah. would not have succeeded if there were not a gun readily available. We know large numbers of people attempt suicide. And if they fail, many of them say it was an impulse and boy, am I glad it didn't work with a gun. You're not going to be able to, uh, to say that. And then just a word on the teachers. Remember that police, when they shoot, these are trained marksmen, ostensibly. 80% of the bullets that they fire miss. Yep. And of course, there's a lot of collateral damage that comes from that. Imagine teachers. They're not going to train these teachers. They're going to give them handguns. We're going to see a teacher who gets pissed off at a student, just like the uh, guy that Brian was talking about who got pissed off at his wife shooting a student. We're going to have students. You know, imagine Columbine if those kids had not been able to get access to guns in their houses but still wanted to commit mayhem. They'd be able to say, all we have to do is overpower the teachers, take their guns, and then kill people. We're going to have exactly. guns left in washrooms, as we've already seen. This is getting so much worse. And until we have an election where we get a significant margin of people nationally who can begin to put a stop to this, unless we have a culture where you can get rid of the corrupt judges like 
Kasmarek and Clarence Thomas. Unless we can move in that direction, we're going to be fighting this and we're going to see every single day tragedies like the two we just saw. A young white woman, a young black man. There will be many more black men killed than young white women. But look at the other incident we had just last week in Florida, a road rage incident where you have these two cars and one guy shoots through the car, hits the child in the other car. And the uh, driver whose child was hit retaliates by shooting the kid of the other driver. This is, uh, the Wild West looks tame by comparison. It was tame by comparison. Wait, hang on one second. Um, I, I just, I have a, a special audio guest. You uh, want to say hi? Hi, y'all. Hey, Joyce. Hey, now. Hey, you guys. So slow news day. Nothing for y'all to talk about, right? (laughs) No, we're talking about knitting and chickens for some reason. Joyce, have you found the uh, Nespresso machine? She can't hear you, but the answer to that question is yes. (laughs) She did find the Nespresso machine. Um, Yeah, listen, Norm, you used the word culture. And that's absolutely right. This is an agenda to change the fabric of this country if you know in in on every level just just try to watch the documentary Jesus Camp and see if you can make it for more than yeah. 7 minutes without having your head explode um yeah. so i uh, we Brian you had something you wanted to say well, or just briefly cuz we're we're out of time 30 years ago where was i i was in Waco Texas where mm-hmm. there was uh this is the 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 heart of the cult that you're dealing with today. People who stockpiled weapons, people who thought that apocalypse was coming and the federal government screwed up, made it happen. These people have these, and these are the core worshipers of MAGA. And until you get which, so it's no, it's no coincidence that Donald went there recently to speak until you deal with that and make people understand that the, the second amendment is about a regulated militia, and as I think Chief Justice Berger said, doesn't imply what everyone thinks it implies, then you're not going to make any headway. And I will push back against Danielle in one respect. Danielle, boycotts work, but I'll vote for you to run for office. And Mary <laughs> and Jen, no. you're the difference. It's those people, if we don't get people in office who can make those changes, those changes will not be made. And I see, I saw... Yesterday, in the Hart Building in D.C., dozens of people that were lobbying and activists against, you know, weapons. And they met, they went to Tim Scott's office, got thrown out. They went elsewhere and were ignored. You've got to have people in office who are amenable to change. And that's people like you, Danielle. So I'll be the first to vote for you. Absolutely. And, and you know, just to, I, I have both of you, Danielle and Jen, at, at a slight advantage because if I ever decided to, I have all the flags already made. So. <laughs> 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 you know, if I if I'm going to oh keep my God, going, that's so funny. You scamming know off of his surname. Do you think that we could do something by having you run as a third party candidate? <laughs> now that they would, would just think about it. They would be so hope. confused. They just wouldn't know what to do. I love it. Maybe they would stay home then. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Exactly. I mean, which which Trump? I don't know. I don't know. What if I vote for the wrong one? I guess I'll have to stay home. <laughs> Something to think about. Something else to think about is again, I didn't. Wait, wait, plan... I've got your motto. Make America guess again. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love it. Do it. Listen, we're gonna workshop it. Um, but again, I didn't plan to talk about this today, and and it deserves it deserves a way deeper dive. But I so appreciate your willingness uh, to to start that conversation today. It is such a hard thing to talk about. Uh, I I hate talking about it. I hate thinking about it. I hate having to hear the news about it. Um, but that's not going to get us anywhere, is it? Uh, unfortunately. So um, also, what I would ask, and and by the way. Uh, Cliff Schechter has been on this beat for two decades, so he would be a great person to have. Uh, he's not been on in a while, so that that would he would be great to uh, have on. So maybe not next week because we maybe need a little bit of a break from it. But the other thing I would ask you guys to do is come up with something, uh, you know, another topic that you think deserves a deep dive. And as I said at the beginning of the show, we'll do that at least once a month. Um, and maybe more frequently as we get uh, as, as we get into election season, because I think, you know, as we discover or as we we discussed last week, trying to stay on top of the news cycle helps the helps the right, I think, because they get away with so much that we we don't it's not like we're ignoring it, that we just can't keep processing everything yeah. and really important issues that affect all Americans, um, and that are not, you know, subject to the vicissitudes of current events, don't get the attention they deserve. So, you know, let's let's start doing that consistently, and uh, everybody breathe. Um, and I I don't say this often enough. Um, I admire all of you so much. I appreciate all of you so much. I'm grateful to have you in my life because, you know, Danielle, I, I, I empathize. I feel the same way. It's, it's really tough and it's not getting easier. Yeah. So what I would uh, hope for all of you is that you do get a chance to unplug once in a while. Um, I said this the other day, hug a tree, walk, go for a walk without anything in your ears. You know, if you have access to water, be by water, read a novel, uh, you know, stuff like that. It's it really, really, really matters. Um, so I hope all of you find those opportunities. Uh, and again, thank you for being who you are and for being here. Uh, so Brian Karam, Danielle Moody, Jen Taub, Norm Ornstein. Thanks, guys. And hopefully I will see you next week. Next Love you. Week. Love you, too. Um, well, that was hard, but again, we're in this together and, uh, I am very grateful to have those people to go through all this with, as I am grateful for all of you for being here and watching and supporting us. Um, I just want to remind you that, uh, the wrap, our new Friday show is going to be on Friday at 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And uh, we will be back again on next Tuesday at 12 Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific with the Nerd Avengers. 
Uh, you can, of course, find all of the shows in podcast form on iTunes or anywhere else you listen. Uh, we really appreciate five-star reviews. And uh, I want to remind all of you that the nerds are taking you on the road. And we will be, uh, starting on May 7th, uh, we are going to be at the House of Blues in Chicago. And then getting on a plane and flying to San Francisco. Where on May 9th, we'll be at Cobb's Comedy Club. May 10th in Portland, Oregon at the Aladdin Theater. And wrapping it up on May 16th, we'll be at the Gramercy Theater in New York City. Uh, that's just it for this round. We will, of course, be adding other cities and venues uh, later on. Um, you know, I think once election season kicks off, we are we are going to hit the ground running. So please join us. It's going to be amazing. I promise you. Um, just go to politicon.com slash tour and uh, get your tickets. And, you know, it's it would be so much fun to have you there. So politicon.com slash tour. And that is it for today. Thanks for hanging in there. And uh, I will see you Friday for the wrap. In the meantime, please stay safe and be kind.